0: Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com.
1: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Here we go. 2015 flew by 216, full speed ahead. Uh, Standing by in just a couple of seconds, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy with Cruise News. We'll also check in with Jeff. He just returned from an eight night sailing aboard Carnival Breeze to the Eastern Caribbean. Uh before we get to Stuart, I do want to remind you, check out our Facebook group, just type in Cruise Radio News and uh pumping out all kind of articles on our website, cruiseradio.net. So slide your little mouse over there as well. Okay. Stuart on the Cruise Guy is standing by. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, man. Uh, Kicking off the year with uh, a lot of cruise news and some changes as we set sail in 2016, like Norwegian Cruise Lines changing their branding. I first noticed this on Facebook a couple of days ago. What are your thoughts on this, and what are we seeing here?
2: Well, we're seeing the uh, change from Freestyle Cruising to Feel Free. Uh, And they got uh, Pitbull to remix an old Rolling Stones hit. Mm Mm-hmm. you know, but uh, what's interesting is when you look at the the copy, they they want they want the passengers to essentially have the same experience, to be able to f- be free to do what they want and when they want, and and you know not have the restrictions, which is what was were the cornerstones of freestyle cruising. Um, but then they they say that you know they they want you know passengers to have the freedom to make their vacations their own. And my only question to that is, I mean, was it a vacation for Someone else? (laughs) If not for the passenger, was it the cruise line's vacation? Um, You know, it's kind of, I think, a a missed message. So basically
0: nothing has changed from their old branding. It's still the same except some new words on the logo. Yeah. Now one thing that did change with Norwegian Cruise Line is they've stiffened their cancellation policies and made their uh, final deposit due dates a little bit sooner. Uh, What are the details on this?
2: Well, typically the, Doug, the deposit date or the final payment dates, um, let's say on a seven-night equivalent cruise, were about uh, 75 days prior to sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you uh, so if you did so if you canceled your cruise 76 days or later, then you would have no penalties. Um, if you did it uh, 75 days. Then uh, you know you know inside of 75 days, then you would essentially lose uh, your deposit at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, we're getting into their you know the, the stiffening <laughs> is uh, for cruises of seven days or more. It's now uh, 89 days up from 75 days, and uh, they're 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 taking 25 percent. Hmm. So the the penalty on a seven day cruise is about 50 percent greater than it was prior, so they're going to start hitting their passengers three months before the cruise is scheduled to begin, and want 25 percent of the fare that was, you know, paid. Um, so it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big uh, it's a pretty big hit. So passengers are going to need to be uh, cognizant of the time, and also consider. You know the the trip cancellation interruption insurance. Yeah, to help say. offset the losses. Uh, how does
0: this new li- uh, how does this new policy stack up with Royal Caribbean and Carnival's current policy?
2: Well, they're they're all you know pretty much at the 75 day and its its deposit. Uh, I mean, this is you know you know this is coming from a line that you know is where a lot of companies, Doug, are trying to be a little bit more inclusive. NCL appears to be going on a path of being more fee-based
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: for all of their services.
0: Okay, interesting. So you
2: know, here, here's another, another stiffer fee and penalty that they're charging their passengers going forward.
0: Switching gears, Port Everglades seeing a lot of traffic these days. In fact, they broke a record last month, beating out a record from a few years ago. What did we see here?
2: Well, Doug, on December 20th, uh, they actually broke their own five-year-old world record. Uh, They had eight cruise ships um, come in, and they had 53,485 passengers coming and going. So it was the (laughs) world record for the most cruise passengers in and out of one single port in the world on any one day, which is really a a tremendous feat.
0: MSC Cruises announced last month that they're developing their own private island in the Bahamas. Uh, What do we know about this?
2: well we we know that m s c is really wanting to ramp up their u s presence and they need to have you know another port in in which to make their own so they're they're crea- they're, they're leasing uh, they're, they've signed a one hundred year lease with the Bahamas to create a to develop a sandbar area that you know has been used for you know uh, sand um you know for for development um and it's about it's just south of bimini right now uh, it's about ninety five acres um, it's uh, you know a little smaller than you know some of the bigger islands that uh, like disney i believe has the biggest and you have great stirrup k but uh, they're going to spend about uh they've committed uh you know two hundred million dollars to create this natural haven uh from this desert uh you know from this you know sand sandbar and uh, they want to create a a um, an, an oasis, you know, dug for the passengers to be able to to enjoy. It's uh, it's, it's about 95 acres. Um, they say they've got about 11,400 feet of beachfront um, uh, along six you know stretches, and uh, they're going to call it the Ocean K Marine Reserve. And uh, it should be very exciting for their passengers. It just provides uh, another way to provide a an exclusive, unique experience. For their passengers, similar to what Carnival and Royal Caribbean and Holland America and NCL provide to their passengers,
0: I think what this what makes this very unique is that they're going to have their own pier there, like Disney does.
2: Yes, so like Royal Caribbean has in Lava D and Disney has in, in Castaway Cay, but uh, you know this is in the Atlantic Ocean. It's just off the coast of uh, you know Florida. It's, right. it's just south of of Bimini in the Atlantic. And uh, it's, it's very close by, but uh, it really solidifies MSC's commitment to the market.
0: This was cool to see. Uh, Princess Cruises announced a fourth Royal Princess-class ship. Uh, do we know any details on this ship yet, besides they're building another one?
2: What happened was Carnival Corp., the, the parent company, Doug, announced that they're building an additional four ships. So two are going to go to Costa, specifically designed for the Chinese market. P&O uh, Australia is going to get their first purpose-built ship ever. So all the ships that are sailing in Australia um, have been, you know, older tonnage and have been built and, and sailed in in other markets and then moved into the Australian market. So they're going to build the first ship for this market. Um, so they're going to build three 135,500-ton ships for 4,200 passengers. So two for Costa, one for P&O Australia. Princess Cruises is getting... Uh, Their third uh, Royal-class ship, which will be 143,700 tons and 3,560 passengers. So that will be the largest ship ever built for Princess. But it will be along the lines of Royal and Regal Princess, uh, as well as Majestic Princess, which is going to be coming out in 17, but heading heading out to China.
0: Carnival Cruise Line is uh, giving their guests an option now to get their room made up once or twice a day, plus a couple of other things. The program's called Comfort Matters. Uh, what are your details, or what are your what is your opinion of this?
2: It's interesting. I mean, what they're really doing is, Doug is. I mean, traditionally, the the service, uh, the cabin service, is offered twice a day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want bathrobes and pillows and hangers and blankets, you just ask for it. Um, they're offering you an opportunity if you want to get less service. So if you want your service reduced, if you just want morning or an evening, then you just, you know, you just check the form. Um, If you want to go green and you don't want linen changed, then you check, we don't want it. Or if you prefer to just have your linens changed once you have that option. So I guess it's, it's a way for them to determine the level of service if you want less than what is traditionally offered.
0: It's interesting though, because for me personally, and I don't know where you stand on this, but I still want to get my room made Twice a day, and you can still do that under this option because you wake up, take a shower, you want it to kind of straighten up after that, then before you get ready for dinner you're taking a shower and you want it straightened up after that for turndown service uh, do you think a lot of people are going to just opt for the the once a day type thing
2: i don't yeah um, me like you said I mean a lot of people are coming they're coming back from tours or you know whatever it's, it's always nice to come back to Room and it's clean.
0: In closing, we have a listener question from Greg. Greg says, "I just saw where Disney pulled out of Greece and Turkey. I am booked on Carnival Vista over the summer with calls in both of those countries. Should I be worried that we won't visit them?"
2: Well, one, I'm, I'm excited to see Carnival Vista. So, um, you know, congratulations on booking. The ship is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. As far as the the countries, all of them are constantly being monitored by the cruise lines and their security teams. And changes are, you know, will be made if there are any threats. Disney uh, was just, uh, is, is just, you know, they make their own decisions based on their own information, and none of the other cruise lines have made adjustments uh, to those itineraries. And uh, so at this point, I wouldn't worry. I mean, they're not going to risk the ship, they're not going to risk the passengers, um, you know, you know, last year we saw several cruise lines, including Celebrity, for example, Doug that uh was supposed to go into and do overnights in Turkey and decided that uh it was not a good idea to you know for their ships to be in overnight to have the passengers there overnight. So uh they just did their turnaround. So they had an extra day at sea, an ex or an extra port, and they came into Istanbul, offloaded in the morning, took you know, left in the evening with uh the new set of passengers and uh, there were no incidents, but they're they always monitoring each port that they sail to and do make adjustments based on any possible threat. So at this point, I wouldn't worry.
0: We've been talking with Stuart on the Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at CruiseGuy.
2: Happy New Year, and thanks, bud. Hey, my pleasure, Doug, and Happy New Year to you. And to the Cruise Radio You're listening to Cruise Radio,
1: part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now.
0: Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through cruisingexcursions.com. Why cruising excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around the clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So, whether you're looking to zip line in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market leading specialist cruisingexcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com.
1: We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
0: We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Jeff just returned from a eight-night sailing aboard Carnival Breeze to the Eastern Caribbean round trip out of Miami, and he joins us this evening on the line. Hello, Jeff.
1: Hi, Doug. How are you?
0: Good, man. So we're going to talk all about Carnival Breeze today. But before we get to the ship itself, let's get some pre-cruise thoughts. Uh, what made you pick A, Carnival Breeze, and B, this itinerary?
1: Well, I, since the Breeze came out three years ago, I have wanted to sail on the Breeze. And due to price, usually, I just couldn't make it happen. This one was a solo cruise. And even then, the price was so great, just post-Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. that I could afford to go by myself.
0: Very nice. Now, you, go, uh, you live in Tampa, so you had to get to Port Miami, but once you got to Port Miami, how was embarkation for you?
1: Embarkation was great. Um, it was a little bit of a snafu, but even that, um, no problem. There was. We heard during the cruise, 15 people on the cruise previous to that that wanted to stay on board. Mm-hmm. And they had to, you know, find them and get them off the ship. They tried to stay on for a second free cruise. But even with that being said, um, about 50 minutes, not even an hour, uh, from front door to on the ship.
0: Nice. Um, So you had some uh, possible potential stowaways there, I guess.
1: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So
0: you aboard Carnival Breeze. What was your first impressions of the ship?
1: I was amazed by it. I had done a lot of research on YouTube and watched some videos. And, it was more spectacular than the, than the YouTube videos even portrayed. It was beautiful ship, awesome atrium. The flow was, was great, even for a bigger ship. No problem as far as um, bottlenecks or anything like that.
0: So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it?
1: I had an inside stateroom, and it was very roomy. Um, No problem there at all. A lot of room to store luggage and clothing. Closets were spacious, bathroom. I didn't even notice there wasn't a sofa in the room until about three or four days into the cruise. (laughs) I thought, wow, there's no sofa in here. (laughs)
0: Interesting. Well, uh, you had an interior stateroom. Uh, Whereabouts on the ship were you located?
1: I was uh, in the center, which I highly recommend midship on this ship or any of the Dream Class midship elevator. Very convenient to everything.
0: Were you in one of those middle rooms that run the interior corridor?
1: In the middle uh, center uh, inside, no windows or anything like that. Yeah,
0: you know, that was my that was my second. I did the same sailing uh, in a cabin like that. And that was only my second time doing that. I, I can get used to that because you can sleep really, really well in a dark room with no windows.
1: It really was a benefit to having no light coming in. It was just like your own little cocoon.
0: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Good way to uh, sum it up there. Uh, Let's talk about dining on Carnival Breeze, and we'll uh, start at the top of the ship at the uh, the Lido Deck buffet area and work our way down. What did you think of the Lido Deck area?
1: Lido Deck was great. A lot of things to do and uh, see and eat and drink. I mean, it was a a complete deck. Uh, Awesome. Did you get to? I try- love the uh, Guys Burger. There
0: you go. Yeah. I went
1: there a couple times, and like you had said on previous shows, it's the best hamburgers at sea, or maybe anywhere.
0: The question is, how many Guys Burgers did you have in eight days?
1: I had only four first day, I was trying to be a little bit low on the carbs. Mm-hmm. So I just ordered two of them with cheese, and I put some bacon strips on top and with a little bit of mustard and ketchup. It was like a steak dinner.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, how about the opposite side of Guy's burger joint? You have the Blue Iguana Cantina. Did you check that out at all?
1: I did. I went to Blue Iguana once, and it wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It was very popular. A lot of people went there. I think they even had some breakfast options earlier in the day. But I I stuck with guys. It was was great. And, of course, Pizza Pirate was awesome, too.
0: So uh, let's make our way down a little bit and go to the main dining room. What time dining did you have?
1: I had the late dining, 8.15. Okay. And that suits me pretty well because I'm always so busy in the day. It's hard for me to get there at 8.15, let alone 6 o'clock. So (laughs) late dining, um, nice wait staff, and the food was typical carnival, marvelous.
0: I had a uh, listener question actually earlier today, and they said uh, they heard that the food wasn't that good on Carnival Breeze. Any truth to that? What do you say to that?
1: I thought it was similar to other Carnival ships I've taken. Mm-hmm. I had no complaints, uh, not n- none whatsoever.
0: What was your favorite meal in the main dining room?
1: The lobster, of course. Oh, yeah. I had one night on the lobster night. And, of course, anything that's steak or beef.
0: Let's switch gears and talk about the entertainment aboard Carnival Breeze. What were your impressions of the entertainment?
1: The variety shows were very good. A lot of talent with singing and dancing and music.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The uh, comedian, comedian, this gal from Minnesota, was very funny. Both the G and the R-rated show was, was very nice. And i got to uh, give kudos to the cruise director. He's my favorite cruise director of any ship I've ever been on. His name is Wee Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And if any of your listeners ever go on uh, the breeze or any ship that Wee Jimmy is on, you'll they will be um, delighted and entertained and laughing the whole time.
0: Just curious, what makes him, I've never met the guy, but what makes him such a great cruise director?
1: He's funny. He's. Uh, I will say one thing that's really funny about him. He is from scotland Hmm. and on the legend about six years ago when i first met him he was our cruise director on that ship he comes out the first day for the introduction orientation with a coat and tie and a kilt on (laughs) from his native country he's just a funny guy and nice and smart and just i can't say enough about the guy he's awesome
0: well jeff as you know as we always say on the show one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves for passenger flow, both inside and outside. Now, Carnival Breeze does have a couple of additional outside features, like the Red Frog Pub has an outdoor lanai, and also a deck where there's barbecue available on Sea Days. So what were your impressions of the Sea Days aboard Carnival Breeze?
1: Sea Days, it was great. The passenger flow, especially for that large of a ship, was great. The I, I noticed one day that they had the Sea uh, Day uh, Jimmys, barbecue was open, the line was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you like barbecue, get there early or be prepared to stay in, in a long line.
0: Did you eat barbecue at all?
1: I did not. I just had uh, something from the buffet or the pizzeria. It wasn't worth my while to wait there for 30 or more minutes.
0: You must not be a true barbecue purist.
1: I'm not. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, I
0: love it. So what ports did you hit on this eight-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Breeze? The
1: first was grand turk great port anybody that likes to go to the beach and not have to you know trek out in a cab you can walk from the ship to the beach in 10 minutes there's plenty of lounge chairs and seats shopping area bar there giant bar next one was um san juan awesome port took a little walk around there and uh love that port St. Kitts, I didn't get off the ship, and neither in San uh, St. Martin. St. Martin, when I do get off the ship, I go out to Maho Beach and watch the airplanes land.
0: And there is a reason why you didn't get off the ship in those two ports, and it's because you got sick. So I want to talk about that for a minute, Jeff. Uh, Give us a little overview of what happened in your trip down to the medical center on Carnival Breeze.
1: Okay, yeah, good question. um... I woke up after uh, a nap on, uh, after St. Kitts, and I felt a little bit irritated in the chest. And mm-hmm. then the next morning, it was full-blown bronchitis. So I went to the uh, medical center and had uh, blood work done and uh, chest x-rays and breathing treatments and intravenous um, antibiotics. They took good care of me. And but um, I had to pay for it up front, even though I, I had the insurance through Carnival. I had to pay for that up front and then go to them later for, um,
0: to, the to reimbursement. Uh, rebate
1: me, yeah. you know, what the bill was. But then I find out from Carnival's insurance carrier that they're a secondary insurance company, and I have to go to my primary company first. So from now on, whenever I take a cruise and buy insurance, I'm going to make sure if the carrier is primary or secondary.
0: Just don't buy the cruise line insurance. Just buy it from tripinsurance.com next time, Jeff.
1: You know, that's a lesson learned. Hey, I thought of you and Trip Insurance <laughs> a lot during that process.
0: And by the way, if you don't mind telling us uh, how much the infirmary bill was, because this wasn't cheap.
1: It was just shy of $1,300. Wow.
0: Just for a, a couple of breathing treatments and blood work and antibiotics, huh?
1: Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was thankful to have it because I was really a sick boy.
0: Wow. wow. So are, are you fully recovered now and all good?
1: Yeah, all good now. Uh, the treatment on, on the breeze was great. The nurses, the the doctor, they were all just on top of their game, just like being back, you know, stateside going to a medical facility.
0: Nice. Yeah, I've only been to a ship infirmary once, and I never want to go back there.
1: Never. I don't either. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> uh, so you get back to Miami. Actually, let's take a step back here. Uh, how many sea days did you have there? Would that be three sea days?
1: Yeah, three sea days because we had four ports.
0: So did you get to enjoy any of your cruise after the illness?
1: I enjoyed the last day. Mm-hmm. I uh, didn't uh, imbibe in anything for two days, but the last sea day I was feeling well enough to you know, have a couple of Long Island iced teas. There you store. go.
0: Well, how, how was this embarkation once you got back to Port Miami?
1: It was great. I always do the Mm self-assist, which I think is quicker and um, speedier. So I did that, and it was, I don't know how many minutes, I think under 30.
0: Did you park at Port Miami? Did you fly out, use a shuttle service? How would you leave?
1: I uh, drove down to uh, Fort Lauderdale and stayed at the Hilton Garden Inn. Mm -hmm. Great hotel. I would highly recommend it. I've stayed there a couple times now. In Dania Beach. Mm-hmm. On the way back, I, I took the uh, carnival shuttle from the ship to the Miami airport and flew back to okay. Tampa.
0: A lot of debate among Facebookers in the message boards on what time you should book a flight out of Port Miami to give yourself enough time to get from the cruise ship to the airport. What time was your flight?
1: twelve twenty five p m
0: and you felt like you had plenty of time
1: yeah, plenty of time for that
0: do you do you remember like what time you got to the airport from the carnival shuttle?
1: I would say probably nine thirty ah. I would say to anybody coming off of a ship in South Florida allow extra time because both Fort Lauderdale and Miami are quite uh, congested and takes a while longer to navigate than a lot of airports.
0: I despise the Fort Lauderdale Airport after uh, a heavy disembarkation day because everybody and their brother flies southwest out of there, and sometimes the line backs up all the way to the parking garage and car rental area. It's I can believe it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, they had like 25,000 people disembarka- uh, disembarking in one day. I can only imagine what the airport looked like.
1: I heard of that. I think it was a record of some kind. Yeah, there was.
0: They did um it was, they, they beat their previous record back in 2010 like 53,000 or 54,000 something like that. Um well, in closing here, Jeff, let's talk uh, about any first-time tips you may have for people who are sailing on Carnival Breeze.
1: You know, the number one thing that I really appreciated was the midship elevator location. Mm-hmm. I was two cabins away from midship. That will take you to a lot of places on the ship without having to walk a long way mm-hmm. for a ship that size. Um, I would say do the self-disembarkation on any ship and uh, get to know the ship. You know, Before the, the, the crews go on Carnival's website and go deck by deck and look at and see where everything is, And then within, you know, a few hours of departure, take a look around, go from deck 15 down, Mm -hmm. and go from front to back, top to bottom, and check out all the public decks. Carnival Breeze is a wonderful ship.
0: You got the beverage package on this sailing. Did you feel like it was worth it?
1: Yeah, I did. I take advantage of that. I just sit and drink Long Island iced teas from noon till night. I think it's well worth it.
0: You were down a couple of days because you were sick. Did you still come out on top?
1: Probably. Two yeah. days I couldn't drink, but um, I think <laughs> I still came out on top of what I what I would have done if I would have bought you know, the drinks a la carte. You made up because for it. you can buy drinks up to ten dollars on that plan, and most of their specialty drinks are ten, like nine twenty-five, nine fifty, whatever.
0: Before my sailing aboard Carnival Sunshine, I met up with Jeff. I flew into San Juan a day early and got on board Carnival Breeze for, uh, to take some video and photos. And within a few minutes of being on board, Jeff takes me to the bar. and You're drinking this thing, this drink, Jeff. It was like uh, toxic looking. What was that?
1: It was a Long Island iced tea with uh, blue Curacao. In it. Yes,
0: yes. Had to add that. I guess it really doesn't matter what you put in a Long Island iced tea because it's going to knock you on your butt anyways after a few of them.
1: Right. Yeah. They were very
0: nice. Exactly. Final thoughts of Carnival Breeze, Jeff?
1: You know, I would. that's one of the few ships I would go on again. I like to go on different ships each time I cruise, but that one I would go on again. It was a great size, just big enough not to be too big, but had a lot more options than the smaller ships do. On uh, deck five, I wanted to add: there's a place called Ocean Plaza, mm-hmm. and one side of it has smoking, and one side doesn't. For, so for any smokers or any non-smokers, you don't have to be in, any, in any, each other's way. Nice. Barry. And it's on deck five, and right near the casino. Very nice uh, two locations.
0: Love it. We've been talking with Jeff. He just returned from an eight-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Breeze, round trip out of Miami. Jeff, uh, glad you're feeling better, my friend. It was great seeing you in San Juan, and thanks for being on the show this evening.
1: Yes, thanks, Doug. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the show.
0: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance.